Podcast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode, we give a reaction to Cam Newton being cut by the New England Patriots, rookie Mac Jones being named the starter, and which teams will have the biggest rises and the biggest falls in the 2021 NFL season. This is Missing the Point, episode 84. But it's all relative. Welcome to Missing the Point. My name is Joe Malkin. I'm joined by the, the real BK, Bob Kelly, and of course, our executive producer, Craig Delisandro. Nice, interesting pre-show talk there tonight. Uh, we had a little bit of everything, a little baseball, a little high school football, a little uh, NFL, a little uh, virus talk. But what we're really here to talk about tonight, we came in not knowing what we were going to talk about until about 12 hours ago. We had no idea. Uh, what we were going to be talking about. And now we do. The New England Patriots have cut Cam Newton, and that makes uh, Mac Jones, or as I like to call him by his full name, Michael McCorkle Jones, is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And Bobby, not being a uh, a, a Patriots fan, you and I were on the same page with this one. Uh, and that's kind of rare for us in the, in, ter- in the sports world. Especially in the football world. Especially in the football world. Uh, though I, I agree with you more on Dallas Cowboy things than than you think I do. But, uh, yeah, uh, so, you know, this is like one of those things. I You know, it's not the level of I'll always remember where I was when I heard this news. But I do remember where I was this morning when I heard this news. And it was wonderful news. And uh, in a meeting, and then my phone blew up. And one of the first things I saw was uh, Mr. Mark Angelo saying, uh, you were right. I was wrong because Mike was a big proponent of Cam and number one. It's the first time. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, it is in writing as well. Uh, so you know, and it wasn't even about being right or wrong. It was. Uh, it was such an interesting situation. I mean, I don't think Bobby, we've seen a story like this in the NFL in a long time. Not of this uh, fashion. Anyway, we haven't. You know, we have quarterback controversies. They have a quarterback controversy still in. San Francisco, you know, uh, there, w- there wasn't really a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville. That was kind of settled when Gardner Minshew was traded to Philadelphia. Uh, Denver, Teddy Bridgewater uh, rightfully won the job over Drew Locke, although Drew Locke is not a bad NFL quarterback. I would say the last time, so Cam Newton's close to a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Close. He, he's MVP. 
Uh, he's on that borderline. Former Walter Payton man of the yeah, year. Yeah, he's on that borderline. He's there. He's going to be talked about at least. The last time two guys of this magnitude, like a first round pick and a Hall of Famers, were in a battle like that it was probably Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, right? I think so. That would be like the la- the only other one I could think of is like with that magnitude, bro. I just never understood why this was even like a thing. You know what I mean? Like, listen, everyone can say what you want about Cam. He looked great this year, whatever. He's he's not the same quarterback he ever was. And when you see Mac Jones play, go just go watch highlights of this dude. I know that yeah, Alabama was amazing, but he's a quarterback, man. He can make some throws. And and, and I guarantee all Patriots fans out there, as an outsider, by week two, there's going to be at least four to five plays where you're going to get a throw that you just had no prayer of getting with Cam Newton, and you're going to notice it, and you're going to be like, huh, oh, all right. What I worry right. about most with that, Bobby Izzo, is that he's going to throw a bad pick, or he's going to miss a read, or he's going he's gonna to do something that a rookie in the NFL is going to do. But the, And I'm not saying the leash on him is short. The leash on fans in New England is short, and that's – Mac Jones has an uphill battle to, to fight in this town, whether people realize it or not. I know right now everybody thinks he's, you know, the golden boy. He's the guy taking over for Cam after that bridge between him and Tom. Tom was great. He's going to be the next time. He's not going to be the next Tom Brady. He's the closest thing right now we're going to get to Tom Brady because we know that uh, Jarrett Stidham is not that who is now injured. But I, I fear for that, Bobby, that because – Rewinding a little bit, I agree with you that it was clear from the beginning who the starting quarterback was. I think a lot of people were on the Cam train because Cam was is the 32-year-old veteran, former MVP, former uh, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, former Super Bowl he lost, but former Super Bowl quarterback Cam Newton. Should have dove on that fumble, bro. Yeah, I know. And then, well, he should have done it last year, too, in a Patriots uniform. So, against Buffalo, I mean, they're 8-8 eight eight if he dives on that ball. But, nonetheless, you're not wrong, right? Like, I can see if Mac Jones wasn't here and it was Cam Newton, uh, Jared Stidham, and Brian Hoyer, which we'll get to that in a minute, too, then it's absolutely Cam Newton. But you said it. Like, when you watch Mac throw the ball, and granted, he had – two of the best receivers in college football last year. He makes throws in a hell of a conference. I mean, the SEC is like the triple A of the NFL. Well, even even beyond that, I go back, I said it in the chat, I go back to uh, the throw you made two weeks ago to Jacoby Myers in that practice, man. That was a, that was a, a, a dime. It was double coverage, and, and and he squeezed it in there. Jacoby caught a touchdown. I think that was even like an inter-practice squad game, wasn't it? It was against Giants, I think. Yeah, I think it was New York. It was last week when Cam was out. But, like, bro, that was the same day. You're right. So, to me, that's when it happened because that's a throw that, like, a quarterback makes, someone that's, that 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 has has a cannon, someone that can, that can make those throws. And, and go, to go back to – what you were saying about how like New England fans have held on to this, the cam idea and like why people thought he was it's because he was that veteran and it's that Boston culture. And, and, and 
it's that Patriot culture, not even Boston culture. It's the Patriot culture is because they, they still think that Cam Newton's going to be that quarterback and they want to win that Super Bowl next year. And it needs to be now, now, now. Listen, the Patriots now have something that more than half the league would die for because it's, it's a first round quarterback with a good receiving core around him with a great defense with one of the best coaches in, in the history of the league. I get you want a veteran. Listen, it's time. It's time to, to put away the Super Bowl dreams for next year, because you could win one in three years if you play this guy now. Go nine, what ten and seven this year, nine and eight, whatever the fuck it is, and, and then you just develop him behind the best coach ever. It's just, it was just a no brainer to me why you wouldn't start this right now. Why would you delay this another year and, and still probably go nine and eight with Cam Newton when you could probably do that with Mac Jones and you're. Now the next year might be one of the Super Bowl favorites or like close to it, right? I feel like a lot of people would have felt held hostage if, as fans, if Cam was kept around here. Yeah. I, you know, it's so interesting because the camps on Cam Newton are so split. I, I know so many people that don't like him. I know so many people that still want I love him. his personality. I love, yeah, I, I love that shit. It's great. He's a little, he's a little extra. He dresses a little differently, but he is a Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. That's what I just said. He's a great guy. Great guy. Off the field, he has never been accused of or caught doing anything he shouldn't be doing. He's allegedly a great family man and a good husband. The only thing you can look back on in his career off the field or prior to his NFL career is that he was on that Florida team in 08 with the Pouncey brothers and Aaron Hernandez. Stole the computer. Yeah, and stole the computer. And, you know, the sure. Okay, great. You want to go back to the great. I mean, 18, 19, 19 years old is 19 years old. I mean, and they are still adults, but at, at some point, you know, I mean, Jameis Winston stole crab legs from a Publix when he was like a second year quarterback at Tampa. Like, were you an adult when you were 19? I fucking wasn't. I fucking wasn't. So. <laughs> I wasn't an adult when I was 25. I'm 33. I wasn't an adult when I was 32. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 you know, I, I really do wish Cam Newton the best. And, and I, I hope I, he is 32 and I do think he has something left. I just don't think he has something left for this offense at this time, because you're right, Bobby, like bring, bring in the kid, start the kid and l- let him figure it out because this season is going to be so fun. Cause not only, there's just so many storylines now. I mean, you're going to have Mac Jones going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady on Sunday night football in week four. And and I just don't – so I feel like it's, again, because you just haven't done it in so long, and I'm jealous of that fact. But, like, this feeling of, of hope in a first-round quarterback and getting to see him go play, and, like, it, it's, it's a special feeling. And, like, you don't get that that often. And for them to have it now with a kid that looks great, man, I like, I – you guys know I'm the first to hate. I love Mac Jones. I've always loved Mac Jones. He, he's got a cannon, bro. And I think he's perfect for the system. Pass fans should be pumped, man. And you guys, like I just said, I'm the first to be like, fuck the Patriots. This is the best decision I could have made. If they went into the season with Cam Newton, I would have been talking shit to you guys all year. But now it's a different mindset where it's like, I, I can't talk shit because what's the kid doing? You know what I mean? It's a different it's a whole different feeling than like, oh, we're going to play Cam Newton. We're still going to fucking win. Fuck you guys. Now it's like, all right, let's go to the future. You know, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. I don't know. 
and, and well, no, but you're right because and the thing is too is I look at this team and, and you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of off the cuff, but I know our listeners will notice it is that you said you know you can kiss the Super Bowl hopes goodbye this year. Well, you know that's where a lot of people are going to say, well, Tom Brady did it in his first year and nobody expected that. Drew Bledsoe went down and everybody was like, well, there goes that season. No, they 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 have a better chance this year to win the Super Bowl. Right. Well, then they brought in this white doughy kid from Michigan and, and didn't know what you were going to get out of him. So, you know, it, it, awesome point, though. It was like it's been 20 years since we've had that rush of what is coming next. What is what's going to happen against Miami in uh, in 12 days? What's going to happen against Tampa in week four? What's going to happen against Dallas in week six? Like what's going to happen, man? Like. It's so cool to have that feeling because last year it was so coming from a fan perspective, it was so frustrating week in and week out watching Cam Newton. And, and again, I don't think he's a bad NFL quarterback. I just don't think what Ron Rivera, and now we're going way back. What Ron Rivera had with Cam Newton in Carolina was exactly what Cam Newton needed for his career. It was like Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. It was like, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady and and Belichick it's just it worked it worked and and whatever it was they made it happen because they simplified it and allowed Cam to run the offense and I think left which Jacksonville yeah I think Mac is just a better quarterback IQ than than Cam Cam is a better athlete and Mac has the better football IQ, and that's okay. But that's what the Patriots need. We've seen him. We've seen it so many times. Where you and I were talking about it in the Discord today, where we talked about Belichick and the Patriots trading away sixth and seventh round picks for these guys that come in and, and are impactful. Uh, drafting Julian Edelman in the seventh round, impactful. Drafting Tom Brady, who yes, I understand won a bowl game. I understand he was big in college, especially his senior year. Still drafted, compensatory pick, sixth round, 199th overall. He'd be, a, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be first round pick nowadays, right? Regardless of what what happened, even just based off that bowl game alone. Unless he was playing for Michigan for John uh, for Jim Harbaugh, because he stinks. But besides the point, you know, it just I look at the Patriots roster, and you're right. And what's funny is we always talk about how the Patriots get rid of guys like a year or two before they're ready to go, mm-hmm. uh, or before their careers are over. But then they go somewhere else and flame out. And my theory was when we were talking about it earlier today, which I didn't type because I was saving it for right now, was I think Belichick knows what he's going to get out of these guys based on their football IQ. And they're not the best football players, but they're good system guys, schemers. Now, granted, Tom Brady doesn't fit into that because Tom Brady took everything (laughs) he figured out in 20 years and went down to Tampa and won a Super Bowl. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think this was the right decision. And then to elaborate on this, not only did they cut Cam Newton, but shortly after that, uh, well, a few hours after that, they cut Brian Hoyer. So right now, Mac Jones is the only active quarterback on the New England Patriots roster. Uh, they're bringing Hoyer back, though, right? They're bringing Hoyer back. Hoyer will be back tomorrow. They're just going to cut him, restructure. They've done this to him multiple times, haven't they? Didn't they do this a couple years ago where they cut him and signed him again? Yeah, they did it to Nate Ebner. They've done it to to Brian Hoyer. Uh, they've done it to Brandon Bolden. They've done it everywhere. 
I just I find this situation. It, today was NFL cut down day, August thirty first, four p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time was cut down day for all thirty two NFL teams, and some NFL teams still don't have their final roster, and that's fine. They just had to be down to fifty three by four o'clock, and then they can submit. The Patriots didn't submit their fifty three man roster until about seven o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time. So, I, I, you know, with Mac being the starting quarterback, Cam Newton gone. Bobby, does Cam Newton catch on somewhere else? And if he does, where? Why'd you have to ask me that? Because I because I have a theory. Uh, early reports are that if he's interested or if anyone's interested in him, it's two teams. It's his old team, the Panthers, has taken him. Or my Dallas Cowboys is a backup, which – I'll say it earlier. Mike was like, oh, well, you're already spinning it. You'll take Cam. Blah, blah. Bro, listen, Cam sucks. I don't like Cam. Uh, I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league anymore. I don't think he can make the throws. I don't think he can do this. But I can tell you one thing. I do 100% know one fact, and that is that he is better than Cooper Rush. And that is who the backup quarterback is for the Cowboys right now. So I would take it. Listen, even if, if he just comes in and scores 17 points, 20 points a game, Better than I think Cooper Rush is going to be because I just think he's the worst quarterback I've seen as our backup ever. Well, something's got to happen to Dak, and we obviously no one wants anything to happen to Dak. But would you rather have your? And now we don't know really what's going on in Chicago yet either. But would you rather have Andy Dalton or Cam Newton as your backup quarterback in Dallas? Actually, so at least that leads me to something real quick. So that I said that to my buddy earlier. And I was like, bro, whoever thought there would be a world where I would watch Andy Dalton shit the bed for a half a season. And I was like, he was awful for the Cowboys. Yeah, his stats were okay. No, he was fucking terrible. All right. He goes to Chicago and is starting over Justin Fields, the guy Mike wanted, which I think is fine. And the Pats cut Cam Newton for Mac. Like, I never would have thought that world was happening, that Mac Jones gets Cam Newton cut. But fucking Andy Dalton is starting over fucking Justin Fields. My the answer to the question is Cam Newton. I would rather have Newton because I think he just adds more to that Cowboys offense than what Andy Dalton ever did. I, I think he he fits more like that Dak mold, which is I have another point about the Cam Newton Belichick thing after. But like that's why I think Newton didn't fit in New England. Well, I I was gonna get to the Belichick Newton thing right now because. My theory is, and you led me right to it when you said two teams are interested in Carolina and Dallas. So last week, the the final full week of August, uh, Cam Newton was granted a medical visit by the New England Patriots, meaning he can go on a on, on a visit to his doctor, whatever. You know, there was speculation it was his for his kid, his wife. Was it for him? Was he going to get the vaccine, which he allegedly was not going to get? What was it? Why was he going to Carolina? My theory is, Bobby, he was told by the New England Patriots that they were thinking of going with Mac Jones. And Bill has a lot of respect for Cam, rightfully so. I mean, Cam Newton has kept his head down for the most part uh, and done his job and, and did what he had to do. To be fair, I've never heard Bill say he loves someone more than he said he loves Cam. I know. I know. Ocho Cinco might have been a close second. But, you know, my theory is that he knew he was getting cut, or at least he knew that Mac was going to be the starting quarterback. And Bill offered him 
the backup job. I think Cam declined that and they let him seek out either a trade or find a team he can go to post cutdown day. He went to Carolina. Now, granted, he has made a home in Carolina. He has his family is there. His kids are there. So it's very possible he went down for one of their uh, doctor's appointments or something. But I think he went down for a medical visit with the Carolina Panthers so that when the Patriots did cut him, he will be signed as the backup with the Carolina Panthers because you would rather be a backup for a team that's a half hour away from your home than for a team that's a plane ride away from your home. And he doesn't know that system anymore because it's a Matt Rule system, but he'd be backing up Sam Darnold down there. Very different offense than what he would run. But why not be home? Why not be in a place that you know where your family has grown up and if, if you can come in as a backup for Sam Darnold, if something happens to him, then there you are. But you know he's going to make some pretty good money. He's going to make at least a league minimum. Yeah, and you know it's a different feeling, too, than getting demoted to backup than going somewhere that's bringing you in to be the backup. You know, it's a different – you're like – if the Cowboys sign Cam Newton to come to be the backup – Cowboys Nation would welcome him with such open arms, and I promise that they would love him. He would be on the sideline every Sunday in the star with his dark visor on. You know what I mean? Like, they would feed into that versus getting demoted to back up and a rookie beating you up. So I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with the premise. I don't know if it was like a covert visit to Carolina. That seems really sneaky. Well, I don't think it was sneaky. I don't think it was covert. I think it was... Well, it would be covert from the league. The league wouldn't be able to know about it. Well, no, but for the Patriots to say, hey, yeah, you can go on this, and like, yeah, maybe it's tampering. Who knows? So maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. But, I mean, if there's an agreement between the two teams, like maybe they were, quote-unquote, Bobby, working out a trade, so he was going down for a medical. To work out some contracts language or something. or Yeah, Get I a mean, medical, right. yeah sure. If he, signs, if he signs with Carolina, I'll, I'll completely give you this. One. I'll be like, all right, bro, yeah, you're right. Full circle, real quick, real quick. So, Brian Hoyer, by the way, is the best backup quarterback possible to be behind Mac Jones because he he knows that system, man. And that's why I think, so I think that practice really was what did it. And I'm going to keep going back to that practice that Cam was out with, with the whole issues he was dealing with, and Mac Jones came in and just lit it up against the Giants. And I think Belichick started running plays that he used to be able to run when Brady was his quarterback and Mac Jones was connecting on those fucking plays. And I think Belichick was like, bro, I completely forgot what this feels like. And it's amazing. So we're going to go with him now. And this is already over. Like, I honestly feel like that practice was it because you're going to see a more Belichick system this year. I don't think he was comfortable running that cam system, man. I really don't. I don't think Cam was comfortable running his. Either. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird mesh, man. It didn't work. And, like, I get that they respected each other. I get it. But, listen, Ojo Senko didn't work here either. Like, some guys, the, the systems just don't match. And uh, it just makes more sense to have Mac Jones as a quarterback. Cam Newton's not hitting a 15, 20-yard seam route down the middle of the field. Mac Jones is. And, and we all know how much Bill Belichick fucking loves seam routes. So, it's a whole different ball game with Mac Jones as a quarterback. Bill's so opinion. weird though, Bobby, because like he, <laughs> we we both did this in our time, right? Like we dated com- people that were completely wrong for us. That's what he did. It's what yeah, he right? did, we bro. Like, we love the we love this person. 
Bill was like, I love Chad. I love Chad. Chad's great. And then it's like, oh, but it's not working out. I love Cam. Cam's the best. I love Cam. Uh, but it's not working you out. You know, so I have a theory too. Like, so it goes right along with that, that like, I think the Cam year was trying to be like a fuck you to Brady, being like, listen, you know what I can do? All right, you think you can leave me for something better? I'm going to bring in Cam Newton, do something completely different, and I'll still win a Super Bowl. And then Cam got there, and he was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And now he's getting now he's getting the girlfriend that looks just like Brady again because he's like, you know what? I actually kind of liked that way better. So I'm just going to kind of get the same thing and try I like the doughy white kid. <laughs> it, it just it, it just so it's so – it's so weird because we everybody harps on this uh this idea that you know Cam was brought in to be the the two middle fingers to Brady uh from Bill. And you know, it's such a good story because it's it could totally be true. But last year was so weird. I just I think it's I'm starting to think it was more of just a all right, this is a savvy veteran who's gonna come in, do a job. He's a good quarterback, and we're going to see where we get with him and and go from there. And I think that they did. I think they got everything out of him that they could. And seven and nine for a, a Bill Belichick team is rough, but I, I think that's kind of what he expected. He never seemed to be too nervous about it, and it, it always seemed like a throw – not a throw – I don't want to say a throwaway year, but it always seemed like – It was, though. So I, I, I have this theory. You know I do. You know I do, where where – I think this was a covert throwaway year. I think Bill did just enough that people would never say he threw away this year. He's like, no, nah, bro, I didn't yeah. throw. I tried. I signed Cam Newton. I made a couple trades. I did some things. We tried. Listen, that was not Bill Belichick trying to win. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he never brought in wide receivers. He never gave Cam anything to work with. He let all his veterans walk. If Bill was being Bill, Dante Hightower would have been there last year because it, it, I, I don't. I know it was COVID. I get it. I know. Well, but eight guys, eight guys opted out, right? And I think, and I, I thought this from the beginning, and I know this is revisionist history, and we're never going to know, and it's just speculation, and people can rip us for it, whatever. But I do feel like the Patriots had the most guys in the league opt out for a reason. And I think it was Bill in the organization saying, hey, listen, tough time. If you feel as though you need to take a year off, go do it. Here's the stipulations. Here's what you're going to get paid based on your contract, based on your years. They had all these stipulations within it and said, come back, come back mm-hmm. next year when things have slowed down, when we can get back to normal and let's go after it. When we get rid of Cam Newton. Well, I, I don't even know if it was that because I still buy into the camp that Bill wasn't sold on Mac. I just don't think he wanted to go three and 13. I think he looked at who he had and was like, it, if Stidham and Hoyer were the two quarterbacks, the Patriots were going, Three and thirteen, four and tw- four and twelve last year. You know what I mean? And there's no doubt about that. Cam Newton was worth about seven wins. You know what I mean? Like he's athletic enough that he's gonna get you some wins. He still accounted for twenty touchdowns. He ran the ball in twelve times. He threw eight touchdowns. And he passes. had good games. He had there was games where you're like, bro, that looks like Cam Newton. See, so yeah, the Seattle game he was until he got stuffed. But old Cam would have got in. Old Cam would have got in. Old Cam would have gotten in. It was also a bad play call on. It was, but anyway, no, we, last season's last season. That's over. But yeah, so that's obvious. So I mean, but now we're here. We have Mac Jones is here. There's, you know, there's theories that it, this was a McDaniel's pick that that Cam being cut was a a, a craft 
uh, oversight. You know, it was a bill. It was bill. And, and that's the thing. I'm with you. I mean, we, we can speculate all we want and we can look at this stuff. And that's what we do. That's why we have a podcast. That's why uh, sports talk radio uh, is a thing because we speculate and talk about it. And we could be a thousand percent wrong on everything, but we're never going to be a hundred percent right. And I'm with you, Bobby. I think it was, I think it was Bill saw that Mac is the better quarterback right now and that he has a better chance to win, whether it's have a winning record in the regular season or win in the postseason with Mac Jones than he does with Cam Newton. I think it would be hilarious if any writer out there who wrote that Cam Newton got cut because he wasn't vaccinated to go ask Bill Belichick if Cam Newton got cut because he wasn't vaccinated and look at his face when you do it because he's going to look at you like you are out of your goddamn mind. That is not why he he got he got cut because listen, it, like I said, did it weed him missing practice is why he ended up getting cut because Mac Jones came in and he was a baller and Bill was like, bro, we don't this isn't happening like we're not doing this anymore and to speculate that is not for football reasons when it comes to Bill Belichick to me is blasphemy except except for Brady because that was like a breakup for some reason I've never seen Bill Belichick do anything except for football reasons. This guy brought in wide, like stud wide receivers that we thought were going to be awesome in New England and cut them four days later. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care, man. He he is doing things for the T-E-A-M team. That's all he gives a shit about. He doesn't give a shit if you're vaccinated or vaccinated, whatever. Like he's not Urban Meyer coming out being like, oh, yeah, of course. No, he doesn't give a shit. That was my next my next talking point because right right before we came on, uh, to record this, it was a uh, there was a report that came out from ESPN and Bleacher Report uh, from Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, saying that he the vaccination status of his players played into whether they made the team or not. Now that it's gonna see this is where it gets taken out of hand because people go, oh, so he's just cutting the unvaccinated players? No, no. Mm-hmm. He's not, but if there was two guys at the same position that were the same, he cut the one that wasn't vaccinated. Yeah, it's risk-reward. That's what he's looking at right now. You know, like, you're unvaccinated, you're less risky to get COVID. Where if you are vaccinated, you're less risky to get COVID, less risky to miss games, less, you know, makes sense. It does make sense. But I just, I, I could never see that. And by the way, it does already kind of seem like where being uh, right on with Urban Meyer as head coach in Jacksonville because he doesn't seem like he's doing. So I think we're spot on about Urban Meyer, bro. It really seems like already he doesn't know how to manage an NFL personality. I already see reports that his team doesn't like him. You know, it just doesn't seem like it's going well in Jacksonville already. And for him to come out and say that is like, bro, if I was his GM or his owner or his boss, I'd be like, you just didn't need to do that. You know what I mean? Like we're a rebuilding team. We're doing that. You don't need to come out and say that. That's just unnecessary. Don't do that again. Well, here's the other thing that I always say about the media, too, is that I don't think he just came out and said it. I think he was asked, like, did the vaccination status of your players factor into this? And he could have just said yes. I want to know the exact question. Yeah, that's true. How is it worded? Right. Because they do that all the time to Bill. They do that all the time in the media at every level of, you know, all right. So the question was asked. 
did this factor into this? Urban Meyer could have answered, yes. I haven't seen the interview or heard it, so I don't know. And then they say, Urban Meyer says this. It's like, well, you asked the question, but did you elaborate? I mean, that's like that's like the Patriots cut Cam Newton because he's unvaccinated. No, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. I'm sorry. You can't be a human being with two eyes that knows anything about football or not. I mean, you can plainly see when something is good or bad mm-hmm. uh, when you're watching it. So uh, if you watch it for more than five seconds, and if you watched Mac Mac Jones against Cam Newton this preseason you can clearly see that Cam Newton was behind and that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. That that's the reason. And then, uh, but you know, some people are going to come out and you know, one thing I, I didn't want to bring up, but I, I brought it up a few minutes ago was uh, Cam Newton on uh, Twitter this afternoon and on his Instagram story uh, put up, I really appreciate all the love and support during this time, but I must say dot, 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 please don't feel sorry for me. Exclamation point, exclamation point, hashtag I'm good. Winky face, one finger, one pinky, one thumb, love. And I'm with him because you know what I think that means? I think it means he knew. I think it means he knew that he was gone and maybe he has a place to go. I'm going to go right off that too. So someone asked Bill Belichick if there's a benefit to keeping his decision at quarterback under wraps for the opener. He counted, paraphrasing, wouldn't it be better for our team to know who's playing where? So, yeah, no, they knew. This wasn't a, you know, I, I completely agree with that. Completely. I, I, I mean, it's just. It, yeah, when you look at it, it's, of course, he's going to have that mindset, too, because, like, he knows listen, he knows he's about to get paid a lot of money to go be a backup somewhere that he's one player away from coming in and being. And, and that's, I, I feel like, Cam, that's when he could have a resurgence is coming in as, like, a backup type because, like, he's that kind of guy where he's going to feed off those vibes. He's going to be, like. Yeah, I'm here to say, like, that's why I honestly wouldn't mind him in Dallas. Listen, I think he's a trash quarterback right now. Like I said earlier, I think I think he sucks. I just think Cooper Rush sucks a lot more. Like a I'm lot an more, athlete so. below average quarterback right now. And that's fine. And that's fine. And, and, you know, it's just so funny when you bring up what Bill said and, and what Cam said and how he's going to be where he goes. Like, before the Patriots signed him to the contract in over the winter, there was – small rumblings that he was going to go be reunited with riverboat run in Washington and make $25 million. But they went and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick for like 10. So, and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is 37 camps, 32. So there are a few, few years of, of, of difference there. But if you also something fun to do in your spare time is go look up the career of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So fun. This guy is outstanding. He is He's he's awesome. I mean, he scored. He's the second highest score ever on the Wonderlic test, which is the t- which you can also take for free online. He went to Harvard. Yeah, he went to Harvard. That's right. And uh, he parked his car. He went to fucking Harvard, guy. He fucking used to go down to Dorchester and get a fucking pizza, bro. We gotta go get some beers with Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick, guy. Come on. We we look. I looked at Ryan Fitzpatrick's career the other day. The guy is outstanding. He's in the top twenty-five in touchdowns, career touchdowns, career yards, and I think maybe completion percentage. He's close to 61% in career uh, completion percentage. I mean, the guy has had an almost Hall of Fame career, and he's not a Hall of Famer. Funny, so I have a funny question for you. Who's better, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Trent Dilfer? 
Or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, better quarterback, right? And, and Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, you look at those quarterbacks, so uh, who's better, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tony Romo? Oh, Tony Romo. Yeah, okay. DK would say Fitzpatrick. You know, uh, Yeah, he would. Just don't put Tony Romo on the field goal team. Whatever you do. Do you, see, do you see Jerry? Not to go off on a Romo tangent real quick. Don't bring that up. Listen, no, we're shaking that last part from the record. That just hit me. Don't, nope. so keep it in there, don't bring that in. That's one of the worst memories of my entire life. My buddy literally looked at me right before. He goes, what if he misses it? And I looked at him and was like, why did you say that? And then it happened. Anyways, so do you see what Jerry said about Romo? He's like, Romo's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Listen, Jerry, I love Tony Romo. I think he was an amazing quarterback. I still to this day believe Tony Romo ended up in New England. Tony Romo might have three or four Super Bowls. I agree with that. Tony Romo is more athletic than Tom Brady. Bro, that's what I mean. He, he would have fit. So everything we said that Brady and, and uh, Jones fit, he can make those kind of throws. But he's just, he's that more athletic. He's like Drew Brees athletic where he makes those spins and shit and like, Tony Romo's the best comps for Tony Romo in our lifetime would be Drew Bledsoe. Oh, he can move more than Bledsoe, though. Sure, but that's where this one comes in. Tony Romo is a combination between Drew Bledsoe and Matt Stafford. Okay, I think Stafford's more on. You, you think Drew, oh, Bledsoe, Bledsoe had lead feet? Bledsoe had lead feet, man. Hang on. All right, you said that Stafford is more on. Do you think Matt Stafford is a better NFL quarterback than Tony Romo? I think it's close, but I think Romo is better. Oh, I thought I was going to catch yeah, no, I, I think, think Stafford. I think Stafford's better. It was really interesting. I had a fantasy draft recently, and uh, we were looking at uh, L.A. Ram wide receivers. And I'm like, man, you got to take these guys. They're going to have a good year. Stafford. And somebody was like, Stafford's on his way down. I said, yeah, but so is Goff. Like, who would you rather? Like, there's, so, there's still more upside to Stafford than there is Goff. Like, I'm not taking a, a Detroit wide receiver with Jared Goff. There. People got to think about the mindset more. Than, than they do because like I, I always think that because like when you look at the people are talking shit about Stafford like oh he's going he's on his down they gave up too much bro going from Detroit in that system to Sean McVay and the Rams and that system is going to be like an awakening for Matthew Stafford he listen Matthew Stafford went number one in the draft for a reason Matthew Stafford is a stud quarterback he he's the same type of guy where he can make those throws and this guy got the Lions to the playoffs multiple times. The Detroit Lions. I think he's the only – is he the only quarterback in Lions history with multiple playoff appearances? I'm not sure. He that's, might. Yeah, he's up there. That's a good question for, for our stat geek, Craig, to look up. But I, I agree with – I like Matt Stafford. It's so interesting when you look at NFL quarterbacks because people always paid attention. To bring this full circle to kind of where we started, uh, people always pay attention to the really good quarterbacks or the flashy guys like – People know who Cam Newton is. People know who Russell Wilson is. People know who Aaron Rodgers is. People know who Tom Brady is. People know who uh, Peyton Manning is. People know who these guys are because they're flashy. A a guy like Matt Stafford, yeah, we know who he is. But, you know, he goes to L.A. I think he's going to be better in L.A. at 33 years old than he is, than he was in Detroit at 32 because of what you just said. I just... It's an awakening, man. I'm excited to watch him play in Southern California. There's so many intriguing stories about the NFL this year, and I think that's what's that's what's so great about it this year, especially after such a dud. I don't want to call last year a dud, but it was a dud. It was a weird year. It was a weird year. I mean, the guys that ended up in the Super Bowl, the teams that ended up in the Super Bowl probably should have. Those two quarterbacks should have ended up in the Super Bowl, uh, and they did. 
And this year, I mean, you have Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback starting in New England. You have Matt Stafford starting in L.A., uh, Justin Herbert starting in L.A. Who knows what Houston's going to do? Uh, Miami could make a move for uh, Deshaun. No, that was debunked today. Flores came out and said it's not happening. Two is my guy, he said. Two is my guy. That's a good thing because I think Tua needs that confidence too, especially with everything swirling around in the media. And, you know, and I think that was the big thing for Mac Jones. And I was talking to uh, someone today and she mentioned why Cam Newton was cut. And this, and I think this was the most plain black and white reason, but it's very intelligent. She said he was cut because you can't go from Mac Jones to Cam Newton, but you can go from Cam Newton to Mac Jones. So if Mac Jones is your guy, Cam has to go. If Cam's your guy, the rookie stays. And it's it's so simple and it's so simplified, but it's it's the absolute truth because Cam Cam is Cam does deserve respect. And he he tweet he put that on his Instagram a couple day a couple weeks ago. And I think that might have been the point where I knew I didn't know he was going to get cut, but that's where the first, the, it first entered my mind. But I never really thought he was going to get cut until it happened. It made sense, though. You, you think exactly what you said. Like, you can't have Cam as your backup when he just lost a job to a rookie. When he thought it was his job, I don't know if he actually ever did because it just seemed crazy that they even brought him back in the first place. I just never saw that coming. I love your comp of this situation. You said it earlier, and now I kind of want to dissect it as you just rolled that off as like, the best comp to this situation is Favre and Rodgers. Yeah. Because Favre got beat out in that camp in 05. Favre was still good, though. Favre was still pretty yeah, dangerous. Uh, sure, sure. But the, the situation is comparable, but not the quarterbacks. It was just that at that time, it was, yeah, it was just time to move on. And, I mean, I guess it would have been a better comp if it was Brady and Mac Jones. You know what I mean? How about, how about you no, know, Breeze was even younger. I'm trying to think of a different comp. That I, I don't think there really is ever one. I mean, we had an MVP quarterback who was over the hill. Could the Patriots commit to rebuilding for next year? Could they commit to the new era and just move forward and not and just and just go? And Bill was like, "Fuck yeah, we can," and he did it. And it's I think it's a, a rejoicing for Patriots. If if a, oh, it definitely is for a lot of Patriots fans and for all the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. You don't want to see Cam Newton out of a job, blah, 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 blah. But it's time, it's time to get to, to where we need to be. And it's really, it's so when all the, when the Patriots made all the signings that they made, when they brought in Matthew Judon, uh, when they brought in uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Nelson Aguilar, when they started making Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, when they started making these contract offers and all of these contracts are for four five years, four to five years. And then they go out and draft a rookie quarterback. If this was backwards, if they signed, if they drafted Mac and then made all these signings like two weeks after, that would have been the give the dead giveaway right there. Mac's the starter. Bit done right there, right there. Because why are you going to sign all these guys to four-year contracts and spend all this money when you can go out and get guys did you want that thing about the Lions? Yeah, yeah. How many? How many? So who uh, who has the most playoff victories for quarterbacks in Lions history? Oh, uh, it's not Matt Stafford. I can tell you that because he didn't have any. Who, who was the guy before? Was it Blanda? Is he the quarterback there? Um, before, so the last big, the last playoff victory for the Detroit Lions. 
we have to go, we have to go back to 1991, and the quarterback for the Lions was Scott Mitchell. I think you're right. I think it was Scott Mitchell. I got I guess the Cowboys. Eric Kramer. Oh, uh, Eric Kroos. Yeah. Better than Cosmo Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, so. Yeah, the four-year deals, bro, I think you couldn't be more on point with that because that's the window. I think Belichick's out in four years. I, I think that's what he wants to do. He signed everyone to these four-year deals. He drafted Mac. He's like, I'm going to get this kid to a Super Bowl within four years, and then I'm going to retire, and that's my legacy. And, like, I got two quarterbacks to a Super Bowl. What's up? It doesn't matter who's better. I did it. Fuck you guys. And then there's the and then there's still the the whole – Josh is the next guy conversation. And it's like, he's not anymore though. I feel like his flame is so down, but maybe it's because it wasn't the right offense. Maybe it wasn't the right offense. Maybe it wasn't the right offense, but maybe the flame is, is uh, rising again because it's his guy. He loves Mac Jones. That was part of the conversation during the draft that, you know, Belichick does too, because Belichick and, and what's his face down there in Alabama. This is like the third time today. That Nick Saban, that that a name has just escaped me. But Belichick and Saban are, are boys, so why not? You know, so I I think that he wanted them uh, to an extent. I think Josh may have wanted them more. I think they knew they needed to bring in a, a quarterback in the first round. So, but I think this is more Josh's speed, and I think that that lends itself. There's a plan here. There, there's there is a plan, and I'm not going to be like, oh, it's a it's a conspiracy theory. It's some evil plan. It, there's a plan. And there's a there's a vision for the future, and I think that Cam was not never a part of that future vision, but I think Bill gave him every opportunity to be part of that future, and I just don't think he was able to grasp it. Yeah, and and so this kind of leads into where I want to go, where we want to go next uh, is I think this puts the Patriots in a completely different mindset this year that they're going to be listen having a, a dead end quarterback. I said this guys a lot last year having a stopgap at quarterback is such a different mindset than having your, your guy, your rookie quarterback that you believe in uh, to get behind as your guy. And I think that's going to drive the Patriots to share a lot. And I, I think uh, that my Mike's prediction is going to be spot on. So I, I want to talk about the risers and fallers for this next upcoming year. So we're going to pick, how many want to do two, two teams. All right. So two teams that we think are going to either win more than three games than we than they did last year, uh, and then three teams or two teams that will lose more than three games than they did last year. So the first one, I, I gotta say, man. So this Mac Jones thing, I think the Patriots, man, I really do. I think the Pats go ten and seven, spot on, ten and seven this year, and, and they are gonna make the playoffs. Uh, I listen. I really believe in Mac Jones. When you guys drafted him, I told you guys that I was like, listen, Max, Max was stud, and you guys just got to steal. Because you did. You got him at 15, which is a steal for him. Uh, remember he's rumored to go two all fucking week? You guys got him at 15. Like, it's time. Mac Jones era. You guys are going to the playoffs this year. 100%. I'm so happy to have you on the dark side with us. I really am. It feels better. It feels better. Because, listen, you guys not listen, I, I hate on it. Deep down in my heart, it feels better. When you guys are better, because a you're more tolerable when the Patriots are good. <laughs> I was gonna say we're we're less insufferable because we're not bitching and moaning about oh Tom Brady wouldn't have done that. But yeah, past ten to seven, it's happening. I really think it's gonna happen. 
Yeah, my my riser is going to be uh, Dave Chicago Bears for a few reasons. I, I think they're, I think Allen Robinson the second uh, is an underrated wide receiver. Uh, I think David Montgomery is rated about where he should be as a running back. I think Matt Nagy might be able might be figuring it out. Uh, that Chicago defense is ridiculous. Oh, it's unbelievable. That defense is unbelievable. I think at some point Justin Fields will be starting. I think it's silly. I think it's silly for Andy Dalton to even start week one. Same thing. What are you doing? That quarterback room is weird. That quarterback room is so weird. And I think if anything's going to be the downfall, it's going to be the fact that they have a lot of personality uh, in that locker room. I, I mean, they have Andy Dalton, who's been around forever. They have Nick Foles, who's now really been around forever. And they have Justin Fields, who's a rookie. I mean, they're almost in the same situation as the Patriots were, where they should have cut one of those guys. Although I think they they're making too much I think they cut Foles, didn't they? Did they cut Foles? I don't think they cut Foles. I'm pretty sure they didn't cut yeah, they Foles. Did. They did. They did cut Foles, right? They, they they cut Foles? right now. No, 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 no. That's Nick Folk. We're oh, talking about the sorry, Chicago. Sorry, Bears. sorry. We are going to talk about the kicker as we leave. But Craig, uh, when producers aren't paying attention, no, they didn't cut him. Never mind. They didn't cut Nick Folk. So they have three quarterbacks in that room that are NFL ready. One's NFL ready, and the other two are. NFL, yeah, you're it, right. That's such a weird dynamic. But but I, there's no way they didn't. There's no way that Price didn't try and trade one of those guys. There's no. I won't. Well, you wouldn't trade Dalton. Because I wish DK. I wish DK were here to enlighten us on this because that's so weird. I don't understand it, man. I, I think Dalton would be the backup, and and they should have done something with Foles. Now, from what I understand, Nick Foles has they basically shirellied these contracts, and I know you both understand that reference. They they basically shirellied these contracts and screwed the Bears. That like the GM screwed the Bears, screwed himself because they can't get rid of Nick Foles' contract. It's all dead money. It's all dead money, and yeah. he he gets to decide where he goes essentially, and who like who needs a quarterback? You know what I mean? Like teams have stacked themselves up, so why go somewhere? Nick Foles has actually had one of the most brilliant careers from a financial standpoint because he's made teams believe in him, which is I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a starter, but he's a good. I mean, I'd take him over Cam Newton at this point. Cowboy, I could take him over Cowboy. He. Yeah, right. Like that would be great. I think that would be a great spot for Nick Foles, and, and they might have to pay him a little bit. But um, you know, I don't. It would definitely be nowhere near deck money. So my riser is the Chicago Bears. I think with seventeen games, I I think they can go eleven and six. Realistically, I don't think the Vikings or the Lions are going to really stop them. I can see them getting four wins right there, and they could split with the Packers. I think the Packers are a good team, but there's so much going on there, and there's so many moving parts. I think they can steal a game at Soldier Field away from Green Bay. So so I, I see them 11 and 6, 10 and 7 at absolute worst. 10 and 7 would be two wins better than last year. But I, I really like this Bears team. And I'm not saying that because Dave's here and, and uh, Ray and I had uh, them. I think we had them going 10 and 7 in the prediction show and making the playoffs as a wild card uh, episode in the show notes below. Thanks, Craig. Uh, but Bobby, you're, who's going to stink? Uh, so wait, I have one thing to say on the Bears real quick. Uh, so I, I I completely agree. If best case scenario for them is they start out one and three, and Dalton's on the bench and Fields is playing, because then I do think that they can get to to that what is it eleven and six, ten and seven range now. Uh, it's so weird to say. I still can't, I, I can't get used to it. I really can't. So one other one other riser. I, I gotta say it. 
You're going two risers? Uh, yeah, two risers, two risers. I, I think the other riser uh, is going to be, is going to sound terrible. And I thought about it for a long time. My Dallas Cowboys, man. And I mean that from, from the bottom of my heart, man. I think the boys are going to be much better this year. I think the defense is going to be a different animal. Well, there's a new DC, right? Right. A new DC. There's a new mindset. Wasn't adding Micah Parsons adds. I don't know if you guys watched any of his preseason highlights, but he, he's fucking unbelievable. Uh, Kazi is awesome. They added some secondary pieces and just having Quinn there, like you said, is such a game changer, man. We went from one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen to maybe one of the best. So Dan Quinn was good in Atlanta as a head coach. And it's so interesting when you look at coaches because there's guys that clearly can't be head coaches. Like Josh McDaniels very well could be one of those guys that is just a perennial career offensive coordinator. And that's fine. That's what Charlie Weiss was. Romeo Cornell has taken over some spots, but Romeo Cornell is a defensive coordinator. We've seen it a lot in the Belichick tree. And Dan Quinn might be just that. But I remember when he got signed, when he was hired, as the DC and I sent you a message and was like, this is the best hire. This is the best signing the Cowboys are going to make all year. And I believe that over Micah Parsons being drafted. And I'm not saying that because I think Dan Quinn is a better coach than Micah Parsons is a player. Micah Parsons is an absolute animal out of Penn State. Bro, and he just loves it. He loves it. Did you see in that Hard Knocks episode where they're trying to take him out and it was his first preseason game day. He played seven plays and he's on the phone with the coordinator and the coordinator is like, bro, great job. You're done for the night. Like, great debut. Mike is like, bro, come on. Let me get two more series. Two more. He didn't even just say one more. He's like, coach, come on. Let me get two more series. Like, bro, that, that means that you just love this shit. And to have the skills and the love, oh, it's going to be so awesome. He's, he's an animal. Him. And that's what Dan Quinn needs as a defense. I mean, those Falcons teams had some pretty good defenses, not the one in the Super Bowl that they lost to the Patriots, but they had some good defenses while he was there. But he's a defensive guy. Let him do his thing on the defensive side. I, I don't think Mike McCarthy is as bad uh, of a head coach. I think Aaron Rodgers gave him the short end of the stick. And, and I think while I agree with Aaron Rodgers on a lot of things, uh, I disagreed with him pushing Mike McCarthy out. And I do think that Aaron Rodgers whines too much. Could he be handed keys to the city? Maybe. Do you think it looks better on McCarthy now, given what's happened with Rodgers, than it did at the beginning? Remember the beginning of last year, or even at the end of the year before, Rodgers was light or not. Rodgers is the man. He's the MVP, best quarterback ever. How did McCarthy only win one Super Bowl? Blah, blah, blah. Since then, Rodgers has blown two NFC Championship games, or two playoff games. Were they both championships? Yeah, they were. Two NFC Championship games uh, and put his team in dismay. Now it's kind of like, all right, did Mike McCarthy have a point? Did you look at Rodgers and be like, bro, you're such an asshole. Like, this sucks. Right, and we've seen Rodgers alienate uh, previous partners, girlfriends, coaches, GMs, uh, family, his brother. He burns bridges. That's what he does. Yeah, I just think he's a a weird dude, and that's fine. And, uh, you know, burning bridges, depending on the bridge, uh, is okay, but... You know, when he got back uh, to Green Bay finally and got in front of the microphone and just started calling people out, and I don't think what he said was wrong. I don't think what he said was wrong, but I I just think it was ill-timed. And But yeah, no, I'm with you. I think McCarthy is better for it because of it. I think he got the short end of the stick. I think when he was hired prior to the season last year, 
Uh, I think he kind of knew it was going to be a crapshoot with everything going on. I don't think he expected his defense to be as bad. He definitely didn't expect his star quarterback to go down with a broken ankle. And I don't think he expected his offense to hold the ball like they had just played in a tub of Crisco. But what, but that is what happens. And they were still on their way to three and four. And they were still on their way to three and four. But I'm with you. I'll agree with you on the second riser. Because as I look at last year's teams, I just I think everybody's going to be pretty close to what they were. I think I think Dallas. I, I'm I'm with you. I think Dallas is nine and eight, ten and seven. I think they're better than the cow. Uh, they're better than the Eagles. They're better than the Giants. I don't know if they're better than Washington because I think I think Washington's defense, especially their front seven with Chase Young, is uh, is barbaric. And I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm, with a guy like Terry McLaurin uh, and Antonio Gibson in the backfield. I, I think it's dangerous. I think that's a dangerous team, and I think it's going to be the Cowboys and, the, and, and Washington uh, up top of the NFC East fighting for it. Yeah, I'd say they're pretty even. I agree with that. Uh, I think this is – I know, you know Mike said that thing about the preseason. I think that those two teams are actually – when you look at the NFC East or the, the NFC this year and what's going on, I, I don't think the NFC is nearly as good as it was last year. I think teams like the Seahawks, the boys, the Redskins, teams that haven't had a lot of turmoil – Last year, coming into this year, and having that full year, those are going to be the teams that you're going to see jump. I think, uh, like the Packers, uh, the Saints, uh, those classic teams that were always up at the top are going to take uh, a little bit of a dive, which leads right into the the followers for me. Those are my two. I'm going to say them right off the bat. Packers and the Saints, man. I think the Packers fall back down to earth. I think they they finish right where you said the Bears are going to be, 10-7. and seven. Uh, They're going to go from one of the top teams to good. You know what I mean? They're just going to be good. There's going to be a lot of games this year where you're going to see Rodgers yelling on the sideline at people. There's going to be a lot of shit going down, uh, but they'll rattle off three in a row at some point. So I think 10-7 to is a good place for them. Uh, the other is the Saints, man. I, I, I like Jameis, but I just don't think – what were they last year? They were 13-3, weren't they? 12-4? Yeah, they're a nine-win team at most. Still above 500. <laughs> yeah, is that, right. And, and then that's Jameis, 9-8, and 8-9. Eight, eight that's where I would expect them. Uh, but those are definitely my two followers. I, I don't expect – I expect them both be right on the fringe. I guess the Saints would be out. Uh, but the Packers would be right on the fringe of the playoffs, right, with the boys, the skins. They'll all be right there. Uh, but they're definitely following this year. Saints and Steelers are my two. And the Saints, for the same reasons you had, I think they're dynamic. I think they're going to be fast. I think they're going to win games – because of Taysom Hill more than they're going to win games necessarily because of uh, Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is still a good quarterback. Yeah, can we be real about Taysom? No, he's not a quarterback. He is not a full-time quarterback. He, and I think that's why Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback. I think Taysom Hill and what he did at BYU was impressive. I think he is a, I think he is a, an above average NFL player. Also what, he is what Tim Tebow should have been 12 years ago. Spot on. That is, it, it, Tim Tebow looks at Taysom Hill, and he has dreams about that should have been my career. See, this is the problem. I don't think he did. I don't think he does because Tim was – Mr. Tebow was too proud, wanted to be a quarterback, wanted to be a quarterback, wouldn't sit, take no for an answer, and that's fine. You know, Proud Christian boy. Yeah, follow your dream. Do what you want, but – you know, it's it just it, it blows me away with him after he was cut uh, by Jacksonville last week that, you know, I look at Tim Tebow and say, man, you had your chance. And people are like, oh, he's just following his dream. He just wants another chance. It's like, well, 
there's guys that deserve another chance that never get it. And why does Tim get him his, but you know, player X doesn't get theirs. He had an opportunity when he was drafted as a quarterback. He should have embraced it, man. Yeah. We're going to make you this like, yeah, sure. He went out and won it. The worst thing that happened was that he won that playoff game against, against Pittsburgh, because when that happened, then it was really cemented in his head. Like, man, I'm an NFL quarterback. And it's like, well, you're not, you, you, you guys went nine and seven and, you know, pulled off an upset against a, a probably a better Steelers team, but you're a great athlete you're a great football player. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow was a great college football player. He's a great athlete. Uh, he belonged in the NFL longer than he was, but I think he was the, uh, he caused his own demise because he would not take on another position when teams wanted him to. Uh, and then, you know, he goes and plays baseball and then he gets cut by the Mets of all teams. Um, and then he comes back and goes to play tight end for his college coach. It's like, and people are like, Oh, let him, let him his dream. It's like, well, he's 10 years past that. He should have done that 10 years ago, but he should, he never should have been a tight. Like that's the thing is like, I, he failed it, but he never should have been a tight end. He should have been both. He should have taken that role from the very beginning and been slashed Cordell Stewart, Cordell Stewart, bro. You know what I mean? Like go in there, be the guy that can line up wide, be this guy, be that guy. I don't know how we got on the Tim Tebow rant, but I like it. I love it. Yeah. So, so anyway, how we got on it was because I, I said that. Oh, Taysom, oh no, the Taysom Hill thing. Yeah, Taysom Hill. But I, I, see, I see New Orleans as a 9-8, nine and, nine and eight, maybe 10-7 and seven team. I think, I think they're still good enough. I, I think if they get to 10 wins, Sean Payton's the fucking coach of the year. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. I, I don't think Sean Payton is like one of the best of all time. I think he's a very good above average coach. Uh, I think he's in the top tier of coaches, especially currently in the league. Uh, and then I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think they're going, I think they're going through uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I think there's a lot of personality in that wide receiving court with Juju and with uh Chase Claypool, and it's not a bad thing to have personality, but you have but one of the best things they did was drop James Connor and, and bring in Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is going to have a breakout year and he's going to have a good rookie season for Pittsburgh. But an aging Ben Roethlisberger, a, a lot of guys that are going to want the ball. I think Pittsburgh's a, a nine and eight, 10 and 17, partly because I think Cleveland is better than the 11 and five that they were last year. I think Baltimore is an 11 and five, 11 and six, 12 and five team uh, this year. And I think everybody keeps saying Cincinnati's a mess. I don't know if they're that much of a mess that if they have a healthy Joe Burrow, that they can't put together some wins and win six to seven games. <clears throat> One of which they could win over Pittsburgh. Who knows? So those are my two fallers as well. I'm with you on Pittsburgh. You know, you know my hate on Pittsburgh, but I, I think it's for the same reason as last year is. They moved on with their running back. That was the best possible thing they did. Like you said, Pittsburgh's best when they have that stud running back that they can just lean on. That's what they do. They should have moved down from Ben. It was time. It's time. Listen, last year he was so bad at the end. Just cut ties. Listen, Ben, it's time to go. You're amazing. It's time to play fucking Mason. Who gives a shit? You're going to hand off the Najee Harris 300 times this year. So just, I would have moved on personally. Yeah, I, I, I think it's time to go, man. You know, there's just I've had a lot of people in in my life recently retire, and uh, that are who, who are much older uh, than Ben Roethlisberger. But I got to tell you, Ben Roethlisberger, if you ever hear this episode, 
uh, a lot of the people that I know that have retired recently are much happier doing what they're doing now uh, than because they had done what they did for so long uh, that they're just a lot happier and more relaxed. And you will be too. just stay out of the back alley of bars. So those are our risers and fallers. Cam Newton cut by the New England Patriots. One one other big story, and you guys went through it uh, a couple years ago down in Dallas trying to find a kicker. Not that uh, Nick Folk uh, is a bad NFL kicker. Nick Folk did a great job. We're going to end on kicker. It's amazing. Right? Nick Folk was not cut by the New England Patriots today. However, all reports point to rookie kicker out of Michigan, Quinn Nordeen, will be the uh, the leg for the New England Patriots going into the season. A guy that missed a 40-yard field goal against the Eagles, and everybody thought that was the end of it. He missed an extra point. It doesn't sound promising. <laughs> but Nick Folk has missed extra points, and Nick Folk has missed easy field goals. And I, you know, I'm always one where you want to find the next guy. And one of the most criminal things in recent history that a lot of Patriots fans don't realize is – now, one, I believe that the kickers, I, I almost changed my fantasy football team name last night to uh, kickers are people, too, uh, because yeah, you also think pitchers should hit. So I do. I do think pitchers, pitchers should hit and kickers are people, too. That's the, that's the way it goes. I got ripped apart once on TikTok for making that comment that pitchers should hit. <laughs> people are like, you're stupid. And I'm like, I'm not. I mean, I. I never called you stupid. I never called you stupid. No, you didn't. You didn't. But they're like, oh, they can't hit. It's like, well, if you give them time to learn how to hit when they have to hit every day, they're going to get better. It's just it's a natural progression. I don't people get so short minded, especially in sports. But kickers have won and lost Super Bowls and kickers are more important than you think they are. And the Dallas Cowboys have Greg Zerline and Greg Zerline has a hell of a leg. But Greg Zerline has also missed some big kicks. He did in L.A. Uh, well, they were in St. Louis, but he did for the Rams uh, before he ended up in Dallas. But Quinn Nordeen uh, is the kicker. That, oh, well, I didn't get to the most criminal thing that the Patriots did. The Patriots fans don't realize is that Atlanta Falcons kicker Young Way Koo was on the Patriots practice squad three years ago. What? And the Patriots cut him. And the next day when he cleared waivers, he was signed by Atlanta, and this was in a period where they could have used a kicker. Now, again, Nick Folk did his job. Uh, Nick Folk, if you're listening, thank you. But it's time for Quinn Nordine. I love when positions turn over in the NFL, especially when guys have been around. <laughs> yes. We started with the quarterback turning over, and guess what, Patriots fans? You're getting a rookie kicker, too. <laughs> Wait, so who? I, I, this is actually kind of cool. Who do you think, real quick, who has the best odds for the first coach to be fired? Who do you think it is? Oh, this is a good game. I don't know why we didn't think to play this game. So I would say if he wasn't, if the carpet wasn't rolled, the red carpet wasn't rolled out the way it was, I would say Urban Meyer. No, it's not. Yeah, Urban can't get fired. I don't think. I know, yeah, well, that's what I mean. I, I don't think it'll be Urban Meyer because I think they're going to let him develop Trevor Lawrence for a year and see, see what happens. It's someone that's been somewhere a few years. A few years. You think so? So It's Nagy. I think so. No, Vegas right now has Nagy, number one. I don't think so. I don't think so because I think that's – so Vegas, Vegas has Nagy. Who do they have as number two? Fangio. 
Another site had McCarthy number one. I like Fangio. I, no, you know what? You think I, Fangio's first? Let's, let's go with Vic Fangio because in Denver, yeah. I don't think Denver has done enough to put a team around Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, they got Cortland Sutton. They have Noah Fant. They have some good young receivers. So I think there's I think there's possibility there, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than people give him credit for. I don't think he's good to the point where he's going to go out and light it up against Kansas City, but I think he has. I think he's got a shot against uh, San Diego, against the the Chargers, and I think he's got a shot against uh, against Dave's favorite coach team, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. We know that Dave would say that it will be John Gruden, uh, but. I, I think Vic Fangio is a good candidate. I don't think Matt Nagy is. I think a lot of the new head coaches, my guy last year was Zach Taylor. I thought it was going to be Zach Taylor and, and with the Bengals, but my, you and Mike were right. You were like, there's a rookie quarterback. So I'm not going to say a rookie coach with a rookie quarterback or a young coach with a rookie quarterback, but I think Vic, Vic Fangio is going to be the first one. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised that McCarthy's up there. I don't think McCarthy, I don't think there's any chance Mike McCarthy gets fired. If you're putting money on Mike McCarthy to get fired, yeah, it's not happening. Mike McCarthy's not getting fired. I think it could be uh, either Cliff, Kingsbury, Cardinals start off slow. Cardinals, I know, but if the Cardinals start off two and six with Kyler and Hopkins and A.J. Green, like if, if disaster happens, King, Kingsbury's taking the fall. I, and I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're not, it's not going to be – you know, hey, Kyler is not going to, and they're not going to waste a year. So I think that's a, a good one. Mike Zimmer, though, uh, I think I think he could lose his locker room because of the year they had last year. I, I think that's possible. He's oh, been shit. close too. He he's been close, Mike Zimmer in in yeah. uh, Minnesota. So three guys that aren't going to be replaced by rookies are uh, Bobby, myself, and Craig. And I don't think we're going to be the first three to leave. MTP either. So I don't know what Vegas's odds are on that as Craig looks at me confused. But what I can tell you is that this is the end of the episode. My name is Joe Malkin. He's Bob Kelly. Craig is our, uh, our EP, uh, which he started the new game of when producers aren't listening in the middle of a football show, Craig. Thank you for joining us on MTP. Sorry, what was that? Uh, exactly. Kickers are people too. Kickers are people too. Bobby had fun. This was a good one. I, I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, we will catch you next week on Missing Point. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices. And we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.